Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Our reaction to the coronavirus has been anything but logical. (laughs) I mean, this is what frustrates so many of us that try to use what used to be called common sense and is now uncommon. For example, have you ever wondered why your mom told you that you had to wait an hour after you ate something to, to go swimming? I mean, does does that make any sense? <laughs> My mom always said that it, it would give you cramps, so you, you might drown. But why swimming? I mean, why... Wouldn't you have to wait, you know, an hour after eating to go jogging or, or play basketball or (laughs) has anybody ever gotten cramps because they exercised too early? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. I could, I could almost logically make a case that you are more hydrated by the fluids that you just took in. So you actually should go swimming before an hour after eating. It's, I don't, you know, it just, it just doesn't make any sense, but there are plenty of people that believe it and conduct their lives accordingly. To those of us that are more logical in, in the way that we think, this just does not make much sense. And it can just be really frustrating to watch when, when this goes beyond frustration, it's because when when those that are in authority make policy that makes no logical sense, it gets to that point of beyond frustration. When stupidity affects you personally, that is where I usually start to speak up. <laughs> it's hard for me not to. If you want to be stupid and do illogical or irrational things, Well, fine. But when you say that I have to do them too, that is not okay with me. And here is a real life example of what what I'm talking about. And and this is an article by Devin McKendrick, uh, who uh, writes for the CTV News out of Winnipeg, Canada. And he said, a Winnipeg man who works for uh, Canadian Post as a mail, mail carrier said he was sent home for the type of mask he was wearing, despite it being better than the company's masks. Now, Corey Gallagher uh, said he went back to work on Monday after having some time off over the holidays. When he showed up at work, he was wearing an N95 mask. Quote, right away, a supervisor came up to me and told me, I can't wear the mask, Gallagher said. I didn't really understand. I thought it was a joke at first. Like, why can't I wear this when the ones you provide are cloth? And he said he wasn't going to change his mask and started to sort his mail for the day. And during his sorting process, he had multiple supervisors approach him, asking him if he needed a mask and then telling him he couldn't wear the one he had. Quote, I still didn't change my mask, went about my day, just kind of ignored it, went out, 
delivered my mail, came back, and then it was the same thing. Only this time, it was the head superintendent saying I can't. Now, the following day, Gallagher said he showed up wearing the same mask and was eventually told to leave after refusing to wear the company-provided masks. Now, in an email to CTV News, a spokesman for the Canadian Post said the company follows recommendations from the Public Health Agency of Canada, kind of like our, you know, CDC or whatever, noting the agency supports people wearing non-medical masks that have at least two layers of woven fabric with a third uh, middle layer of of, uh, filter fabric or disposable masks. Quote, the company fully supports these guidelines and therefore requires all employees to wear a Canadian Post-supplied face covering, which is either a reusable cloth face covering or a disposable medical mask. This is what the spokesperson said. And they added, if an employee doesn't have a mask, that Canadian Post provides them with one. And there are additional masks on hand. And and if the employee still doesn't wear the company-provided mask, then they are told to leave. Gallagher said the N95 masks aren't new, and people across the country have been wearing them for quite some time. (laughs) So Gallagher, who said that he was uh, suspended without pay for the day uh, that he uh, was sent home and said that there are reasons why he wears an N95 mask compared to the cloth mask. He said that his wife is uh, immune compromised and, and he has a child who is not old enough to be vaccinated. So he said, quote, this is personal. I'd like to keep my family safe if I can. Gallagher has been told that he can wear his mask outside of the Canadian Post facility, but he must wear the supplied mask in the facility. In the meantime, Gallagher said that he is going to be be using the personal days and staying home until he's given a better reason for why he can't wear a more protective mask than the one he's being provided. And here's another story from WBZR, or I'm sorry, WBRZ from earlier this month. And it's, it's from Baton Rouge, and it says, A nine-year-old was sent home his first day back at school for the spring semester after refusing to wear a mask inside a classroom. A fourth grader, yes, a fourth grader at the University Laboratory uh, School um, located on LSU's campus was suspended Tuesday for refusing to comply with the school's masking policy. Quote, a student refusing to follow the mask mandate is a health concern and a disruption in the classroom. And therefore, they are not allowed to stay on campus. (laughs) And this is an LSU spokesperson uh, said in a statement. The school said the offense um, uh, escalated to an out-of-school suspension since a student refusing a mask would not be allowed back on campus. So they they have an out-of-school suspension for a fourth grader, a nine-year-old, for not wearing a mask in the classroom. The father says LSU policies are conflicting. He says, I have some concerns that education is not their priority, do you think? <laughs> but controlling our children is their priority. And I think 
that's a big problem. <laughs> I, I think he's on to something here. A spokesperson referred to LSU's COVID-19 policies, which require masks inside all campus buildings during the spring semester. And despite the same policy outlining that face coverings are also mandatory at indoor campus events, a largely maskless crowd packed the Pete Maravich Assembly Center on Tuesday night to watch the LSU basketball game uh, and, and where they took on Kentucky. When asked about the enforcement of the policy, LSU said the requirement does not extend to sporting events and that LSU athletics has followed statewide mandates. Quote, it is clearly a hypocritical policy. <laughs> Following, follow the money, right? LSU, you know, everyone's having a celebratory time and we have to take our masks off and do whatever we want, but we put, but to have, have to put our children who can't make decisions on their own or lots of kids can't, they have to sit there and abide by these rules that make no sense, that have no rational basis behind them. That's what the father said. Again, I think he's on to something, right? He says he doesn't plan to pull his kid from the school. He says, quote, all these policies stop when we make them stop. So when you stop making your kids follow rules that don't make sense, that's when things are going to change and we'll get back to normal life. You know, I just can't argue with him there. And yet another story from the Daily Wire just a couple days ago, January 25th, and this is out of Fairfax County, Virginia, again. <laughs> Fairfax County Public Schools made a show of defying Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin's order that schools respect parental rights on masking on Tuesday with an assistant principal standing in front of the school to suspend students without masks and a public relations staffer who said the media is not allowed to watch the conflict between the state and local governments play out. <laughs> so no media, we, we can't have you here. This is not for you, not a place for you at, at one classroom's exterior door, a teacher in a dark mask and a full face plastic shield representing Darth Vader <laughs> as she peered through the glass and after seeing a masked child out front, opened the door a crack just to let him in. <laughs> We're going to let the little guys in if they have masks on their faces. Uh, providing muscle as a large security guard who inadvertently illustrated parents' concerns by removing his mask to lecture a parent because, quote, I can't speak with this thing, unquote. It, 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 you just can't make this stuff up. It doesn't get any better than this. At another point, the security guard lashed out at a former school board member after his own mask caused his glasses to fog up in front, uh, to, you know, to the point that he couldn't see who he's talking to. <laughs> so the, the security guard can't see a thing because his glasses are all fogging up because of his mask. Uh, <laughs> parent, uh, parent Carrie Lucas uh, walked her two children to the front door of uh, Forestville Elementary. Their smiling faces visible 
on school grounds uh, for the first time in two years. She did not make it to the doorway before she was confronted by an assistant principal who said the children would not be allowed in the school. Security guard Christian Fuller followed as they retreated to their car, just to, of course, make sure that these terrible people would that, that aren't going to wear a mask are going to actually make it back to their car, right? And, and here's another story from the Daily Wire, same day. It's, it's uh, the FDA blocks Florida from using the um, monoclonal antibody treatment. Now, Florida, the Florida Department of Health announced Monday that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, made a, quote, abrupt decision to remove emergency use authorization for two monoclonal antibodies, which effectively shut down treatment sites statewide. The FDA said in its statement that it is removing the authorization because the treatments, quote, get this, are highly unlikely to be active against the Omicron variant, unquote. Wow. <laughs> if, if, if we're going to do that to everything that they deem not good for the Omicron variant, then we probably better stop vaccinating everybody because that's not doing any good either. Quote, Florida disagrees with the decision that blocks access to any available treatments in the absence of clinical evidence. The Florida, this is, this is the Florida health department uh, and, and their blast of the, of the press release by the FDA said, quote, to, to date, such evidence has not been provided by the United States Food and Drug Administration. So they basically just said, um, yeah, this, this treatment's not effective. And they didn't provide anything saying why it's not effective or how they came to that conclusion. Now, back in September, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, who is the Republican governor there in Florida, uh, secured additional doses of potentially life-saving treatments, despite the Biden administration taking control of the treatment and effectively reducing Florida's uh, necessary supply. Now, after the governor then, of course, you know, was able to secure a large amount of these doses, the Biden administration announced in September that they'd be rationing supply of the treatment, effectively cutting off the the supply from COVID-positive Floridians. Quote, Federal health officials plan to allocate specific amounts of to each state under the new up, uh, approach in an effort to more ev- evenly distribute the 150,000 doses that the government makes available each week. This is this was from the Politico. So the government stepped in and said, "Well, whoa, 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 wait, 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 we can't have you hoarding all of these doses. Of course, that aren't effective, right?" And then we, we're going to have to distribute them evenly across the different states. Now, the move was made to apparently limit potential shortages elsewhere, is what they were saying. Though there aren't any signs that the, there's any shortages anywhere. So, notably, the, the, the effective treatment has been far underutilized. And, and the White House, ironically, has widely criticized has been widely criticized for not promoting the treatment and for reaching far fewer Americans than they should, you know, than they should have mere weeks before the Biden announcement and his move to take control of the, over the treatment. 
to, so to sum up this kind of stupidity in how our authorities have reacted to COVID is an article by Burson uh, Phillip of, of uh, Mrs. M-I-S-E-S.org. Uh, -E and it says this. It says, there is an alarming degree of uniformity between the governments of many Western countries when it comes to the, the institutioning tyrannical measures like mandatory medical injections at workplaces and vaccination passports. At this point, it is clear that vaccine passports and mandates have nothing to do with safeguarding public health or mitigating the COVID-19 pandemic. Rather, they are purely coercive measures designed to punish disobedience by taking away one's ability to provide for his family, to shape his future, to engage in activities that bring him happiness, and live his life in ways that allow him to flourish and advance his well-being. That is to say, they are effectively capable of destroying people's dreams, goals, self-respect, self-esteem, self-development, aspirations, etc. They are also damaging the public health and the common good as a society cannot provide a safe, secure, and healthy environment for its citizens without an adequate number of people to provide key social services, including police forces, healthcare workers, firefighters, sanitation workers, and teachers. Recent data from Israel and the UK and, and other nations with, with high vaccination rates suggests that the COVID-19 injections are of very limited effectiveness in terms of preventing the spread of the virus. And it is unclear how long any personal protection that they might provide actually lasts. In the, in the case of Israel, the, the poor performance of the COVID-19 injections has resulted in a third injection being pushed on people that were previously thought to be fully vaccinated because they had two shots. Even here in the U.S., I can add that that oftentimes you're not even considered fully vaccinated now unless you have gotten at least the booster. And of course, they're talking about a, another booster on top of that now. Now, consequently, the Israeli health ministry recently reported that in less than one year, nearly 90% of the people over the age of 60 had their third shot, compared to compared with around 70% of people ages 40 to 49, and even fewer uh, than than 50% of the people ages 20 to 29, which makes sense because COVID doesn't affect younger people nearly as much. Israel managed to achieve such high inoculation rates for third doses, despite the fact that the Moderna and the Pfizer are still in the process of conducting or setting up clinical trials to test the effects of COVID-19 booster shots on people. The COVID-19 injections did not follow the proper um, evaluation and approval process for creating an effective vaccine, which typically takes about 10 to 15 years. Nonetheless, in anyone that has dared to question the unknown future risks of these new vaccines, criticize vaccine passports or mandates, or point out inconvenient details like the fact that fully vaccinated people can still get infected and transmit the virus to others, has been publicly shamed and labeled as unscientific, 
anti-vaxxer? How about selfish? Or, of course, we all, all hear conspiracy theorists, right? No one has been spared from the attacks of the vaccine zealots, including professors, politicians, scientists, lawyers, nurses, and doctors. Essentially, divergent views, ideas, approaches, and perspectives, which are critical of the process of evolution of science, have been ridiculed or strongly rejected in the mainstream narrative. In fact, this has been true of virtually anyone that supports informed choice over obedience and freedom over submission. Totalitarian governments of the pandemic, unelected health experts and biased news reporters have been incessantly glorifying the vaccine mandates, often with religious undertones. I mean, in the United States, this has led to the emergence of a false prophet in the form of Dr. Anthony Fauci, who dictates are widely treated with a difference that resembles a divine pattern by devoted adherence in a number of countries. Unfortunately, the faithful followers of this false prophet fail to understand that prophecies are entirely beyond the scope of scientific method. They also might not realize that science is concerned with objective facts and true images of the real world while simultaneously opposing fear, hate, uh, objective opinions, coercion, faith, and revelation. In fact, coherent uh, ad- adherence of the true scientific approaches renounce faith, r- uh, revelation, and divine patterns on the basis of scientific uh, ex- explores the un- unknown to establish what is rather than dictate what ought to be and what ends people should aim at. They are of the opinion that no science can tell anyone what one wants, what one should uphold, what one should grind into the dust. Accordingly, any true scientist should regard vaccine mandates as wholly unscientific. The development of science throughout history has frequently featured significant disagreements between scientists on a wide range of issues, including concepts, um, priorities, principles, methodologies, uh, procedures, points of view, explanations, theories, assumptions, um, approaches, and goals. Such disagreements and doubts have often led to the refutation of of, uh, abandonment of theories, assumptions, principles, methods, and goals in favor of new ones that emerged. Ultimately, this process has resulted in the expansion of knowledge and realization of progress. That means that in science, progress and advances consisted in, in finding out where people have been wrong. So if you're, if you're a scientist, you don't mind being wrong because you have continued to question and you you've come to to um opinions and 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 um and in the end basically said you know what i have found new evidence that shows something different true scientists are fully aware of what they 
do not know and are prone to exercising caution until they acquire more knowledge. They do not hide information and imperial evidence in order to defend certain ideas or specific products. On the contrary, they would be more happy to to prove that their you know, anticipations were false and overthrow them. It is not the possession of knowledge of irrefutable truth that makes the man uh, of science, but of his persistent and recklessly critical quest for truth. True scientists would avoid rash and premature prejudices and and developments. Meanwhile, the treatment of the COVID-19 injections by Dr. Anthony Fauci and his followers could be described as idolization, which halts the road to scientific progress. In fact, this sort of idolization is an abuse of science in that it is the wrong view of science that betrays itself in the craving to be right. Many current Western uh, political leaders support the tyranny and, and abused science, which has played a crucial role in justifying their recently acquired totalitarian powers. And it would appear that the tyrannical leaders of the pandemic and their appointed false prophet regard the masses with disdain, believing that they do not possess intelligence or the ability to think critically. Much like the the, the uh, euthanists that came before them, the, the current crop, of unfit tyrannical rulers and the false prophets have managed to delude themselves in assuming that they themselves will be called to decide what qualities are to be conserved uh, and in in the human stock. They are too dull to take into account the possibility that other people might make the choice according to their own value judgments. They have not only concluded that people do not know what is best for themselves, their actions are destroying the process made over the course of the entire history of civilization by eliminating various guarantees of protections of freedom. And people should be very weary of the false prophets of totalitarian governments of the pandemic. As the return to the closed society which they advocate is a return to the cage, a return to the beasts, as he puts it. Instead of unquestioningly accepting the, the fictitious oracles of these false prophets, individuals should find ways to once again become the makers of their own fates. You see, if they don't, what can happen is that we can see what has happened throughout history. We can see things all the way from the Russian Sovietism to Italian fascism to German Nazism. We we see the, the, the complete loss of freedoms. And that's what this is about. I think he has a real point. I think these illogical and irrational reactions to COVID are not about keeping people safe. And they say it's it's about safety. It's about, you know, it's about grandma. It's about whatever. It's not about that. If, if they were, they would be backed up by logical science. They're about power and control, period. It is really that simple. The Bible talks about 
how this kind of thing will happen when we're getting closer and closer to end times. And we are literally, in my opinion, seeing it take place right before our eyes. Now, you may agree with me. You you may disagree with me on this. I definitely love to hear from you on it. And of course, you can always do that at our Facebook page, Instagram, MeWe, or just simply going to UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.